Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting. Because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side. Check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset, today. You were listening to the Health Mindset Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Health Mindset Podcast, where your mindset gets results. You know you want better health. You know you want to take action. Learn how to stop sabotaging your progress so you can achieve the level of health you've always wanted for your life. Now, here's your host, Master Certified Coach and Author, Andrea Hansen. Welcome to the podcast. As always, I am so glad to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking about something, something annoying, <laughs> something really annoying. To me, there is nothing more annoying than being sick. And I've been sick for a few weeks. It's not that I'm so contagious. It's not that I'm still in the throes of it, but I've got that sickness hangover and I've had it for like 10 days and I've been annoyed. I've been tired. I've been like this frustrated ball of just mucus (laughs) for just way too long and it sucks. But here's the thing. I have found that there's a healthy side to being sick a learning curve that if you choose to look at it, it can really help you immensely to getting to that next level in your health and really in your life. And I know that sounds really life coachy. And you know, I hate sounding life coachy, (laughs) even though it's kind of true and I am one. But today I'm going to talk to you about what I've learned these past few weeks while I was sick and how I am already seeing an impact. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to show you how to use this really cool tool from one of my favorite books that I'm going to be talking about today. Do you ever feel like you eat really, really well and maybe you're working out just like a champ and then all of a sudden you do something, just completely mess it up? Like you just fall off the rails for like a week? Yeah, this is something we all do. And this tool and what I'm going to be talking about will explain a big reason why that happens. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast for that. Usually, I don't talk about lessons that I've learned and what I'm personally working on until I'm on the other side of the situation, until I'm done. I remember Brene Brown, who is one of my favorite authors. Hopefully, you've read her books. I remember her being asked in an interview if she shares what she's learning as she learns it. And she very emphatically says, no, I wait until after it's over, after I've really processed everything and I have a a nice little package, so to speak, of what I know now and what I can teach. And I, I kind of agree with her. I generally don't talk about stuff while I'm going through it. I talk about stuff that I've gone through all the time. 
but I'm, I'm kind of done with it. And I feel like I'm at a point where I can teach about it. And that's just simply because it's deeply personal work, right? While I'm going through it, I'm still learning. And I, I might change my mind about something that I, when I'm nearing the end and I'm looking back and I'm kind of analyzing my situation and I might have a whole new view that I didn't have while I was in it. But right now, this is different. I'm still sick. I'm still in this. You can probably hear it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's not that bad. Um, that's why I haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. I think I've gotten over that. But you can probably hear that I don't sound normal because I am in this still. And I've been learning some really interesting things about being sick that might help you. And I want to talk about it's actually been a while since I've been so sick. I always look on it as a positive of having MS is that my immune system is so overactive that it takes a lot to get through to it and to get me sick. So it's been a while. And being in this new environment with moving, so literally I'm in a new environment with new allergens and new germs. Uh, and it's really hit me hard, and it just took me out. <laughs> and I've been reminded of a few key rules of thumb, ones that until this time I've used and they've really worked. And for some reason, this time around, I completely ignored. I also thought about why I got sick to begin with. Now, yeah, there's a biology. Of course, there's a biology to it. But there's also a mindset piece to getting sick. One that I find fascinating, and I'm going to talk to you about that as well. First, let's just cover the basics. Now, these are going to sound really elementary. You're going to have the, I already knew that kind of thought, but I want to go over it anyway, because I already knew it too. And I ignored it without even realizing it. I ignored it. And I think we all do this. The basic advice when it comes to getting sick, say it with me, rest, drink lots of water take time off. Now, usually I listen to this. I'm pretty aware of when I'm getting sick. I'm pretty aware of my body and I take time off even early on to kind of head it off. And it totally works. Works every single time. What I want to look at is not this advice because we've all heard this advice. I want to look at why I ignored it. That's the bigger issue here. I had all sorts of logical excuses as one does. There's a lot going on for me right now. I'm doing, I'm house hunting, which is so much fun, uh, but that's a lot of work. I've got my second book is in bookstores. I've got a ton of PR going on with that. This podcast schedule, which is fantastic, but you got to keep up with it. I have a live workshop that I'm prepping for. I'm creating a new class series for clients uh, about putting the mind, body, and soul back into your health routine that I'm so excited about. Self-promotion caveat. This is a class that is filling up right now, and it's at a deeply discounted rate for this series because it's a beta class, which means I'm still working through it. I'm going to do like a test run, and then I might tweak it based on the test run. So to get in on the test run of this class, it's a beta, and it gets deep discounts. Email me at contact at to get in on this class. So I'm not going to offer this class at this price again. End of self-promotion. Back to it. So there's a lot of work that's going on. I'm expanding my business. I'm also expanding my housing situation. I'm, I'm doing a lot. And I say all of this because I know you have a lot going on too. I know you do. I'm not special. We're all super busy because that's the world that we're living in right now. It's the super busy taskmaster, 
get amazing quantities of things done and feel like you're still behind kind of thing. This is, this is generally how we live. I had momentum, right? I was motoring through all of this. I was getting things done. I was checking them off the list. And getting sick meant that I had to stop the momentum. And stopping the momentum meant that everything would get backed up, which meant that there was going to be more to do, right? More overwhelm, more stress that I just didn't want. So I ignored my body. (laughs) I ignored my body and I did what a lot of us would do, right? If I don't look at it, maybe it's just not going to happen. I tried to tell my body that I don't have time to be sick right now. It's just not going to work in my life. Now, here's one of the breakthrough things that I learned. That doesn't work. (laughs) Doesn't work ever telling your body that you just don't have time to be sick and you just got to push through it. No. And I knew this. It's not like we don't know this. This is not, I'm not telling you groundbreaking, holy crap information. So why do we do it? Why did I do it? I didn't do it because I actually had so much going on, even though logically that was what I told myself. It's not why I did it. I did it because of the one major thing that drives a lot of our bad decisions in life, fear. I could tell myself all day long that I couldn't take time off to get well because I had all these things that were going on. I had people depending on me to get things done. It sounds so logical. It sounds so heroic. I was martyring myself in the name of being dependable. And it makes me nauseous to think about that, to be honest, because I hate that. I hate it when I see other people that are showing up sick to like events and to work and stuff. And they, it's like they're martyring themselves. And, and it's clearly the culture because other people, oh, gosh, you're so I can't believe you did this because you're so sick. It's, it's like they get they get this affirmation for doing it. And I ugh, puke. I hate it. <laughs> but I was doing it. I was that person. I continued to work and ignore my sickness because I was afraid. Now, just to be clear, the only good fear-based decisions are when your life may be in danger, literally in danger. Like if you're in a dark alley or a train is heading right for you and you're standing on the tracks, right? Your fear-based decision is to get out of the way. That is helpful. Anything else based on fear is not Because your fight or flight instinct is literally for survival. It's not for making sure that you make the deadline at work. That's not how to best use it. But fear is what was influencing my decision to keep pushing forward, even though I knew that I was sick. But there's even more than that. Here's why I took it just a little bit deeper. One of my favorite books is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I'll put the link to that book in the show notes. Because it's awesome and you need to read it. <laughs> like Seriously, I love it. Hendricks talks about a lot of things. But one thing he talks about is something he calls the upper limit problem. This is a block to success. And as he describes it, it's a block to success, wealth, work, love. It's a block to transcending any limit in your life. And everybody has these limits. It just means that you're on the verge of up-leveling your life somehow. So maybe your business is expanding or you're getting a promotion. Maybe you're moving to a bigger, more awesome house. Maybe you're getting married or you're starting that relationship with somebody that you just know it's different and it's much more serious and might might be the one. Maybe you're simply getting used to feeling happy more of the time instead of being a worrier or a stress case, right? We transcend these upper limits all the time as we progress through life. It's called personal growth. Upper limit problems are obstacles to these next levels. It's our mind's way of resisting change, especially big life-altering change. 
So example that Hendricks talks about are manufacturing a bunch of negative thoughts that aren't really true, a bunch of just worries, because he wasn't comfortable being happy all the time. His brain put the brakes on his new happiness by manufacturing fear and worry and stress. That's an upper limit problem. Uh, Another one is even if you're eating really well and really clean for a few weeks at a time, and then all of a sudden you just fall off the, the rails and you have a binger of cheesy poofs and whatnot, that's an upper limit problem. You're doing really, really well, and then all of a sudden your brain just kind of puts the brakes on it because it's afraid of transcending to that new level of feeling good all the time. The example that was really applicable to me was that I was doing really well in my business and and killing it just in the life, health, happiness category. Things were amazing. Then I got sick and it slowed everything way down. Even if I did go kicking and streaming, even though I was trying to ignore it and trying to move on, I was still brought way down because eventually I just had to succumb to it and just sit on the couch for a good 72 hours. So there's this pattern of feeling really well, really good and doing really well and then messing it up. Getting sick is an upper limit problem. Now, I understand there's a biology to getting sick. I get it, right? My husband had it, then I got it. It was a definite thing. And calling it an upper limit problem does not take away from the realness of being sick. And it also didn't mean that I would agree with this while I was in it, while I was on the couch and could do nothing but watch trashy TV all day. If you told me that getting sick was limiting myself while I was sick, you would have had a water bottle hurled at your head. It just wouldn't have worked. It's not really something you're going to agree with while you're in it. But afterwards, when you kind of start to look back, you can see like, oh, you know what? I was thinking a little bit while I was sick, like, hmm. I wonder if this is an upper limit problem. And then I put it out of my head because I was like, okay, no, but right now this is actually happening (laughs) and I have to figure it out. But it is an upper limit problem. I was was right. (laughs) Now that I'm on the mend, I can look back and I can see really what it was. And when I realized that it was an upper limit problem, what I did was I looked at what I was resisting, what up-leveling was happening. And I identified the places that I was up-leveling. And it, could, it was a few. And it, when you're looking at this, it might be a few different places for you as well. A lot of times we don't just do it and you know, up-level in one specific area with everything else staying status quo. Usually everything moves up a little bit at the same time. And I saw, when I looked at this, I saw that I was resisting change. I saw where I was bracing against the difference that was going to happen in my life. I was predicting bad things that are going to happen just psychically. <laughs> I just knew, right? I was worrying that it was going to be too hard or too fast or too much on, you know, on my schedule. And then I relaxed around it. What I did was I looked at where I was resisting. I looked at the next level that I was transcending and I just relaxed. I pulled out what I call my inner Ferris Bueller. I definitely have that in me. I always have. <laughs> Maybe you're lucky enough to have that too. I let it be easy. I thought about the changes and I breathed deeply. Literally, I breathed into those changes, visualizing how much better it will be and how much easier it will be to transcend. And relaxing around those upper limits has helped me get better. No joke. Nothing keeps your body sick like stress and resistance. And that's exactly what you're doing when you have an upper limit problem. So I took care of that upper limit problem and I moved on in a much more calm manner. 
and I've been getting better and better and I've been getting right back into all of the work that I was doing and the momentum that I had everywhere, it really doesn't take long to get back into it once you've addressed that upper limit problem and you've relaxed around it. This is simple to understand. It's a little harder in practice, remember, especially when I was sick, even knowing this and have read the book and I love this idea and I think it's really, really true. If you were to do anything to tell me that it was an upper limiting problem, I would have been pissed. <laughs> like I was going to do it in when I was in the sickness. But when you're kind to yourself, when you are letting yourself relax into the changes, it's a lot more easy to do this in practice. And it takes practice, but it totally works and it helps you up level so much faster. So don't blame yourself for creating this barrier. It's not your fault, even if maybe we do create these, I don't know. But be excited that you identify it. Be excited that you know that it's there and you know what's coming and you know how to move around it to get to that next level because that next level is so amazing. And isn't it where you want to be anyway? Okay, before I give you this week's action, which is super simple and fun, I think. (laughs) I may have a different idea of fun when it comes to this kind of stuff. But before I give you this week's action, I'm going to remind you that you can send emails to contact at andreahansencoaching.com. Any questions, any comments, I love getting these emails. I'm really excited. Keep them coming. I will answer your questions. It comes directly to me or I will put them on the podcast. Who knows? So again, contact at andreahansencoaching.com. Don't be shy. Shoot me a note. So this week, I want you to look for your upper limit problem pattern. We all have these. The easiest one to look at is when you're on a roll and then all of a sudden you feel like you do something to mess it up. So it happens, again, it happens a lot in when we're eating. A lot of times we eat really clean foods and we eat really well and we feel really good. And then all of a sudden we're like, crap, I just ate like a bunch of chocolate cake and cheesy poofs and now I feel disgusting and I felt so good when I was eating this. Why couldn't I keep doing that? That's your cue of an upper limit problem because all of a sudden you're messing it up and you're eating crap food. It happens with exercise. Maybe you're doing something and you're doing really, really well. You're working up towards a 5K, let's say, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, you just stop working out. You're just too tired. You're too busy. Too many things on your schedule. All of a sudden, you don't have time for it. That's a good indicator that there is an upper limit problem happening. So look at your patterns. Where are you resisting? What level is it that you're resisting? What are you transcending? Is it eating better all the time? Is it working out or a different level in your workouts? Is it something in your business? Is it something at, you know, somewhere else, something in your, in your relationships? Where do you see this pattern of doing really, really well? And then all of a sudden falling off the train, check it out, ask yourself, okay, why am I doing this? What level am I resisting here? What level am I transcending that I'm kind of stopping myself from? And then look at how you can relax into it. How can you think about that next level as just being easy, as being something you can totally just melt into and it's no big deal. Even doing what I did where literally you're breathing into it. So you're visualizing it being easy. Maybe you're visualizing your workouts, you're visualizing winning winning the race or being in your new office, anything, anything it is. And breathing deeply and literally relaxing into it. 
that's what I want you to do this week. I think you're going to be really surprised at where you see these upper limits and where you see yourself backing off. And let me know what you find. Shoot me an email. Tell me what your upper limit problem is. Tell me what your pattern is. I love hearing this stuff. This is not some token, oh yeah, call me. Like, no, no, no. Seriously, let me know. Um, I would love to see what you find out because we all find out different things and I think it's all really fascinating. Hey, my book, Stop Carrying the Weight of Your MS, is coming to bookstores near you soon. I am so excited. It will be here at the end of May, May 23rd. So go to the show notes and reserve your copy today. You can find links to all the different bookstores in the show notes. Go to andreahansencoaching.com slash HMP020. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more good stuff on how you can stop striving and start achieving your healthy, beautiful life. Until next time, take care.